Although Pete Buttigieg is no longer in the presidential race, his legacy lives on in his rules of the road. Respect, belonging, truth, teamwork, boldness, responsibility, substance, discipline, excellence, and joy. Welcome to Twitter Travel's Rules of the Road. everyone, we're back with the fourth episode of Twitter Travel's Rules of the Road, and it's time for Substance and Discipline. My guest today is Christy Kelly, who goes by YKelly2 on Twitter. And Christy and I met first the first time back in September at an event where Liz Smith was speaking. Liz Smith, the uh, Senior Communications Advisor for Pete. Hey, Christy, are you there? I am. Hi. Hi, Christy. Do you remember meeting me at the Liz Smith event? I do. It was a great event. <laughs> well, there are, pic- there are photos to prove it. <laughs> and you know what my first impression of you or first, well, the first thing I saw you do, you were collecting signatures or you were, so there was the signature initiative to, to get Pete on the ballot in Virginia. That's right. And I think you were signing up people to work on the weekend or that was coming up or something to get signatures. I don't know. I was uh, you, were, you, yeah, you had a clipboard mm-hmm. or you had something, maybe it didn't, maybe, maybe it was just a piece of paper, but you know, so I thought, well, this woman is a force. She's, she's like, uh, you know, not, not just like having cocktails and waiting for Liz. It's like, okay, look, we've got a lot of people who are volunteers here. Let's, let's take advantage of this. I was impressed with that. Thank you. Yeah, so that was fun, and the the, the Virginia, Maryland, D.C. group was was um, amazing, and I saw then you again in Des Moines for the Liberty and Justice uh, dinner that weekend with the Barnstormers, mm-hmm. and you, um, so that was really fun to see you again, and it's fun to talk to you now. <laughs> yes, it was great. So could you tell tell people a little bit about... You're from Virginia, a little bit about your background. So I'm based out of uh, Northern Virginia, a little bit West. So I'm um, firmly established in a very purple area of Virginia um, where they like to um, write about us because we're the exurbs and we're really much um, the frontier, I guess, of politics. And um, I actually didn't do a whole lot of uh, personal participation in politics before Pete. Um, I did a couple rounds of phone calling for Hillary, and I did a weekend of door knocking for her, um, but nothing really organizational until uh, he. That's uh, common with a lot of people. He inspired yeah. people to, to get to work. So I, I think I was, as David Fluff said, um, a, a um, before this, especially in Northern Virginia, where we're very close to D.C., so uh, Washington Post is really our local paper, we're seeped in politics and in um, the minutia, and it's very easy to fall into spectator politics, where mm-hmm. uh, we just, as a hobbyist, you know, we talk about it on Facebook, or we talk about it at parties, but we're not actually out there on the streets um, really organizing so much, and things change. Uh, for all of us in 2016, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't be a spectator anymore. No, no, you really can't. <laughs> no. Well, the Virginia group was really, was very active. 
Well, today we're you and I are going to talk about two rules, and they're in the middle of the list: substance and discipline. And one reason I wanted you to do this interview is because I've always thought of you as being one of substance and discipline because of all the things that I saw you were doing and how committed you were and very task oriented. Uh, it was it was impressive to me. So perhaps you didn't know that's why I thought of you. But uh, maybe I see, yeah, and I think you do in your work something that's similar to project management. And uh, we were talking earlier before we started recording how you're very task oriented. And uh, I got to get, I've got to get some of that because I'm not task oriented myself. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see, let's start talking about the substance here. Okay. I'm going to start by reading the text that came with the description, the, the description of all the rules of the road from Pete for America. So this for substance, it says, there is no point mounting an unorthodox underdog campaign unless it's one of substance. We have the opportunity to bring meaningful ideas forward for debate. We will take questions seriously and answer them directly. We will lay aside the superficial in favor of the meaningful. We embrace complicated challenges and will work to improve the overall dialogue in how campaigns talk about policy. Now, that first sentence seems to sum up the whole operating principle of the campaign. I mean, there's no point in mounting an unorthodox or underdog campaign unless it's one of substance. Right. Yeah, if we're going to bother doing it. Uh, but it's interesting. I, I love the alliteration here: unorthodox mm-hmm. and underdog. Uh, yeah, it's, let's think about those words, those terms, how it relates to Pete. Well, I mean, there's some obvious uh, correlations here. I mean, he was absolutely an underdog. I mean, nobody knew who he was when he first started, and for for an underdog to succeed, he has to be exceptional in some way and to get noticed and that was absolutely the unorthodox part right because he did a couple things that were just eye-catching in the fact that um he was everywhere right and his media plan was to just be out there which was not normal i mean you could see it with the other campaigns that they protected their people their candidates and he was just out there and they were so confident in him that he could handle anything and he was just talk to anyone and that just blew me away and the fact that he actually answered everything and he was just so um open in his answers and the fact is is that um his unorthodoxy and the fact that what we just talked about earlier they weren't calling us up and saying you know we saw you on twitter and we do not want you going out and handing out pamphlets that you created for yourself from what he had to say and taking his pictures from the internet and creating pamphlets and sharing them or, you know, they could have shut us down because in past uh, campaigns, we've heard of other campaigns where they were like, you know, you got to stick on message and it has to be our message. And the unorthodoxy was allowing us to just take ownership of um, moving his message forward and spreading it with our uh, level of enthusiasm and our interpretation of what he was saying. And that was... Just letting the grassroots grow, right? Yeah. (laughs) Just naturally, just letting it go. Exactly. Um, Because 
they never really until um i mean we occasionally heard from people but not really and we didn't even get Ayadeli until um august and um before that we just did our thing and even with Ayadeli, we told him what we were doing he's like yeah go for it you know and it's kind of unheard of because um so you're, you're talking about your regional director yeah yeah okay so um Ayadeli was the southeastern uh, director, so he had a huge region to manage. So, um, you know, I think it was their model, according to Sam, to just let grassroots kind of grow and innovate. And that's what we did. We did a lot of innovating. And when we saw that there were tasks that had to be done, like getting him on the ballot, you know, we organized that. And uh, we we went to the training and we found out what the rules were. And you know, we got ourselves organized in teams to get the job done. And it was not really top down. It was very much uh, ground up, face these tasks, and which is truly different, I guess, unorthodox, you know, um, in how the campaign spread out. Yet yeah, it uh, was of substance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Be- <laughs> The second sentence says that we have the opportunity to bring meaningful ideas forward for debate. I love how the words opportunity, the opportunity, mm-hmm. which, which means some, that there's some sort of responsibility in this opportunity yeah. and that it needs to be taken seriously, the, the opportunity of being a candidate. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think of uh, that we have the opportunity to bring meaningful ideas forward to to debate for debate i think not just uh the candidate himself because he introduced all kinds of really interesting ideas but the opportunity was opened for us because he opened up this whole wellspring of ideas and and thought that we had an opportunity to spread that um that there were different ideas that he allowed us to talk about they weren't the same things over and over again and so when we went out and canvassed and talked about people uh, talk to people about these. There were so many things that we could talk about that the opportunity was there for us to talk about his um, ideas on uh, the Supreme Court, his ideas on minority outreach, his ideas on the urgency of climate change. They were all there for us to spread because, you know, he, he didn't close himself off, I think. And the opportunity to um, just go out and spread the word ourselves, I guess. You know, that, that in, in itself was an opportunity because it's not always there, you know? So he allowed us to grab onto something and go with it. And that itself is an opportunity. That's an open door. That's an open invitation for people who see what he has to offer to take it and um, take it to other people. So that's not to be lightly dismissed at all. No, that's, that's a really interesting um, for people to know. And that goes with, that's because the grassroots had that freedom. Yeah. Yeah. But, and also I think of the opportunity, Pete was always wanted to know what people thought and yeah. what the concerns were, what the issues were. And so it was definitely a two-way co- uh, communication with him. So the opportunity is also mm-hmm. for him to learn about what the needs are. Right. And being open you know, to that. 
I, I do know that um, he absolutely did listen to people. I know that that uh, website, um, the email was responded to at all times. And at some of the um, fundraisers I went to, I actually met um, a woman who helped him with the, um, the Indian outreach plan his his uh, Indian country plan and uh-huh. it was just so interesting to hear what she had to say about her interaction with Pete and you know he took a lot of what she had to say and put it into his plans and um, I know just following some people on Twitter where they would say something like AJ Indiana would say something about um, how uh, being black had uh, disproportionate it was almost like black was a medical hindrance. And that wasn't mm-hmm. what she said. Those weren't her words. But he actually took that and repeated it back into a town hall. So he was taking that information that was being fed to him and digesting it and then mm-hmm. coming back with it. It wasn't like he was like, oh, yeah, I feel your pain and just moved on. He actually took it on and then um, absorbed it and uh, adapted it for, for his policies. And um, that, that, that added to people's desire to keep working for him because you knew that he actually listened, you know, that you did have that opportunity to do. It was a back and forth communication. You're absolutely right. So let's go on to the, the third sentence. We will take questions seriously and answer them directly. The, the point that I think we need to talk about is, oh, do politicians answer questions directly? <laughs> That's something. <laughs> Usually they dodge. Well, it depends on the question. So um, the point that that's in the substance that, oh, you know, that if you are following that, that rule, that means you need to answer the question directly with substance. Correct. You know, um, that was noted and we saw it. And that was something that um, when we did our campaign and outreach that people did notice was that um, he didn't dodge the question that if you asked him something that was serious, um, that he would answer you back. He, he gave you that respect that um, you're asking something and that was meaningful and you deserve an answer. And it wasn't like he spun it to his, favorite topic of the day or anything like that. He didn't have talking points that he wanted to hit every single time and he was going to spin whatever you had to say to, to hit those talking points. You never got that feeling. You know, you knew he had a message and he was going to get to it, but he would always answer you. And I love that. Right. That's what, what keeps you paying attention because I, I really don't like that with uh, other politicians where you can tell they're just going into their stump and you've mm-hmm. heard their stump. And then mm-hmm. you just don't pay attention anymore. And that's really respecting substance, that respecting that, oh, I'm being asked a question about something that I care about and I want to make sure I'm communicating right. it fully in m- meaningful way. Because that the next sentence is, we will lay aside the superficial in favor of the meaningful. So what happens if you're not answering a question directly, you could, uh, well, unless you're taking it, completely uh, to another area, but one risk might be to give it a superficial treatment rather than yeah. meaningful. Though the word that's used meaningful in, f- in favor of the meaningful, 
So it says the meaningful. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, meaningful in what way and to whom? Yeah, I think that um, he he often says, and um, now that we have conversations within our groups now on um, how to further his message, you know, it's a lot of um, how can we be useful or um, to to do what we're doing, um, how can we be impactful, I guess, and make what we're doing make a difference, I guess, is is the the question for a lot of people. And um, you don't want to do whatever you're doing and just be not fly fly by night kind of deal, but you want it to last. And I think that's what meaningful is is you don't want it just to be this quick little flash in the pan. Um, go out and march and then everyone forgets about it. You want it to actually make a difference and be meaningful. Exactly as you're saying, you know, you don't, you don't want to put all this effort in and just have it fritter away. And it seems to be goal oriented in some sense, right? Meaningful towards the goal of making things better for people. Yeah. Of, right. Yeah. And you know, to, the, to the campaign, so if, if meaningful for advancing the campaign, meaningful for getting um, information out there that's important to people, um, and more broadly, you know, helping people. To, um, exactly, to help people. I guess in light of a uh, peace campaign, meaningful meaning that it's um, impacting them personally, and it makes them feel like they're being seen and heard. And that it, it, it meaningful can also not so much be a material goal, but a meaningful as in having a deeper buy-in, a deeper impact personally on people. When people, uh, once we talked about um, how politics should be affecting your personal everyday life, and a lot of times politics and the way yeah, all politics is politics. local, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> not personal. meaningful when they talk about high, um, the high level policy. It's not impactful or meaningful to you, so you don't understand how it's going to be mm-hmm. in any way involved in your personal life, in your everyday life, and that can also be an interpretation of meaningful or the meaningful. Like it's going to mm-hmm. change how your life is going to be. And um, I think that sometimes, um, you know, I, I refer to this occasionally um, about how I decided that eating Chastin were the, the ones for me was because um, Chastin and Pete actually talk about taking care of um, or materially responding to the needs of people who have um, special needs who are like my daughter, who is autistic. And people like that need a lot. They need a lot of attention. They need a lot of care. Um, and it's material. A lot of support. Them. Yeah, beyond the family. Yeah. And, um, you know, I am blessed that we are materially comfortable and I can afford to do what I need to do for my daughter and I can live in a place where uh, the school system's really excellent and it's great. But I happen to know that for other people who do not 
um, have my material advantages, you know, people like my, my children or my daughter could bankrupt the family. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's like a real impactful, meaningful thing for a lot of families to properly take care of your children. You need help. And um, a lot of government and um, a lot of politicians don't even see these people. You know, I don't, I don't know what they think that's going to happen so, or they um, feel like, oh, the family—it's a family thing. The family should just take yeah. care of it. <laughs> and that's crazy, you know, because yeah. a lot of families are just barely making it, and uh, for them to get all the services they need, it just isn't enough to just say uh, we're going to take care of everybody. I, I want to see direct um, engagement and discussion on on uh, these people, you know, uh, these groups, because otherwise. I, I don't know that you actually know they even exist. So um, for for me to actually see Jackson talk about special needs and uh, special IEPs and needing um, extra counselors in the schools, these are all and just the fact that, that he knew. Right, just the <laughs> fact that he knows what an IEP is, right? right. And you know he like, knows. You know, I, which I is an like, individual. Oh edu- <laughs> that's an individual education plan for in case anybody didn't right. know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the fact that he, he talked about um, needing um, not just facilitators, but more mental health people, because as anyone who has any interaction with families that have someone who isn't in the normal, you know, whether they're older and needing help with uh, senior citizens and uh, needing extra in-house help or having uh, children who have special needs. The entire family is impacted. You know, it's not just the child, it's the parent, it's the other sibling. You know, uh, they all need oh, yes. a little bit of extra care, you know, um, and you're not going to get it unless people actually know that it's a problem, <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah. I mean, this is a great example. Like you said, if it's affecting people's personal life, their, their everyday life, you know, it's, it's at definitely the local personal level. And, mm-hmm. You know, the next sentence is we embrace complicated challenges. Um, that's the first part of it, to em- mm-hmm. embrace complicated challenges. This is an example of a complicated challenge was how do you get support to everyone who needs it uh, for special right. needs children? I love how the word embrace is used. Yeah. Like, uh, substance, like, th- th- that means that what you actually welcome, uh, to embrace something means you, would, you welcome right. a complicated challenge. Well, you know, I think it harkens back to an earlier part of your of our discussion about um, how um, we lay aside the superficial and you answer the questions directly. They're mm-hmm. actually going towards the challenge instead of like brushing it aside and going to something more comfortable and something more easy. They're saying, right. "This is our job. This is our job as um, people who want to govern. We're going to embrace." What's so hard that everybody wants to just ignore and, um, you know, avert their eyes. And they're actually going to take on those challenges because, um, you know, all these challenges that we're looking at are hard. They're not easy. Otherwise, they'd be fixed. And it's right. just so much and easier to just ignore the situation. Because why, why even do this if it's not, if you're not going to 
uh, address these these issues. But it helps me so much to read this because I, I see complicated challenges and sometimes I just want to run away. But mm-hmm. uh, so because all of the rules of the road also apply to uh, you know our everyday lives and everything that we do. And if you just frame right. it differently, if you frame it like, you know what, I could embrace this. I can, I can see this as a, 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 a challenge that's, you know, helps me grow personally. And in this case would help a campaign grow. A challenge always helps you grow if you sure. do embrace it instead of run away from it. Uh, the last yeah. part of, of the description is interesting. It, uh, we will work to improve the overall dialogue in how campaigns talk about policy. So it sounds like calling for some sort of a paradigm shift. <laughs> That's a buzzword. Um, <laughs> and, and, and maybe, you know, wanting to model it for other, yeah. other campaigns. Um, I, I don't know. I, I see that as. Well, you know, I think that um, it, this is definitely a top down situation um, before we were talking about grassroots going uh, bottom up. But I think in this situation, it was very much a top down. We saw Pete talk about his policy and we saw him um, push aside any, any hooks or any bait for him to go and attack people and just go for the soundbite. And he really went for the substance and he really talked about the su- uh, the problem or the policy or whatever it was. And he didn't go for um, the gladiator style uh, politics, I guess, is what we're so used to. And we took that and we brought it down to our level and we very much were talking about um, heat. And we didn't talk about how we didn't like other people and why we didn't like other people. We never really did that. We talked about him Mm -hmm. and what he had to offer and I think that was definitely something that we took from what he was doing in front of us every day. He talked about policy and talked about uh, what he could do for everyone. And it was, so it was not what we were used to. And I think that's why people were so engaged with him was that it was not what we saw 26 other politicians doing. 26 other politicians were all trying to get in the same spot and they were doing what we're used to seeing politicians do, which is attack each other. And, Right, and it could be thought of as a, as style, although that seems too seems too yeah. shallow. But I'm wondering if he has made an impact on any other politicians that they think or that that's a way to do it. I, I don't know how we could we would be able to tell that or not, but I'm hoping that well, somebody thought. Oh, I think you know, so. The way he's doing it seems to. Is admirable, right? And you know, and it needed to be done. Well, <laughs> modeling it. That, you can see that um, Joe took uh, Pete's rules of the road, you know, and the triumph. And um, I think that uh, there are a bunch of people who are starting to talk about values, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that. We're just seeing more, more substantial discussions. I think I'm, I'm hopeful. I I actually am that people saw his success in, um, in politics 
and how far he got in the race and are now starting to break out what exactly it is that won for him. And mm -hmm. I think that that is a lesson that I think, I hope, I hope will um, go into the rest of our politics. Is that, um, right, to improve the overall dialogue. Yeah. And just the fact that he wasn't going negative on candidates, even when the media was pushing him to say something negative, he wouldn't. Yeah, he just, he didn't do that. You know, um, we had at a book club, I, I was listening to um, Brendan Johnson talk about um, his run. He's in uh, Minnesota for State House um, District. And he's, and he talked about Pete and he talked about the values that the values based um, campaign that he's running and how he admired um, Pete's message of inclusion and talking to people. And he actually used the words, you know, um, going where people are. And I was like, this is, you know, we could look at it as, oh my gosh, he's plagiarizing. But no, what it is is he's, he's taking what well, he mentioned. Yeah, he talked, mentioned Pete, and he said, "This is, you know, I his message of inclusion and going where people are, you know, and that's that's exactly what we have to do, right?" And I think that's that's part of this landing or lasting, meaningful, enduring uh, movement that he created, right. So it's it's the the beginning. Yeah, I think the beginning so. I something. really do. You know, I think that there there should be there there has to be a change in the way our politics go mm -hmm. because I mean we're to the point where we're so divided and we're trained to hate everybody. We can't just be um, in disagreement in policy. We have to hate everyone who doesn't agree with us one hundred percent, and that can't go on. I mean, how much further can you go? So there has to be a shift. I mean, otherwise, where will we? I mean, I just can't see us having a real future as a country if we're constantly at war with each other. Yes, we need to heal, and we need to get away from the the polarization that's just right. getting getting us so far apart. So yeah, you have to have a. I think that he could he could lead the way and encourage people to be more like him. If he could, if he could restrain an entire campaign and all their followers, for the most part, we were very much um, self-policing about how mm -hmm. we behaved uh, towards each other and towards other campaigns and other followers. If he could be the recognized leader that way, I think that um, the country would uh, follow that lead. Just like, even though we don't want to. We, uh, most of, not most, but a lot of the country models their behavior on, on Trump. You know, he gave us license to be just unmitigated, uncensored balls of hostility, right? <laughs> and, well, and, and, and if, if people were talking about the substance of what, whatever, you know, if it, if it were just substance that we were talking about in policy, mm -hmm. then, I, I don't know if we would, I mean, obviously there are polarizing ideas and policies, right? Sure. But so much of it is, is su superficial and 
and not meaningful. And so the, the, this substance is, is very important. And absolutely. I always, I was wondering if we think in, they were, we've been thinking in terms of policy, but um, mm -hmm. there's substance outside of policy. There are a few things that maybe in how the staff interacts and how uh, you just view everything you do. So, so uh, ultimately it goes to policy in the campaign, but just wondering what your thoughts were about how substance could be viewed outside of, of policy. I guess, I guess what, substance outside of policy is what we were just talking about in in how it reflects in our personal behavior um just as people towards other people you know um that you don't fall into this abyss of just poking at all these silly things you know and the you go, superficial yeah the superficial and you go into what's really the problem you know i think that i'm more willing now when i talk to when i do my outreach and when i and in the fall and the winter when i spoke to people who i knew were perhaps um not thinking the same way as i did that i didn't immediately go for putting someone down or putting the idea of what they had to say down mm -hmm. um or saying you're crazy that's not how it works or, you know, have you really thought this through? It was more like, what exactly is the problem? You know, and I was willing to listen to them and have more substantial talk or, or engagement instead of dismissing them and then moving on, you know? So I think that unlearned behavior, it wasn't easy. <laughs> and um, I think that the more I observed other people do it, and listen to Pete do it, then I then I did it, and um, I am a person with a quick temper, so it was really hard. It was it was not an easy ask for me to do that, and um, I think that I have a long way to go. But I think that that's that's um, this whole idea of not going for silliness and what, when we're talking about politics. Or in, or just what what's going on that's important in our lives. We mm -hmm. we we're not uh, just dismissing things that we're going for what's meaningful and substantial, and letting other people talk. I think that was probably the most important thing, right? Is letting other wow. people. That was really hard. Yeah, and just think you were modeling it for them, right? They might not have been expecting the way that you were you know, talking about, talking to them. Yeah. Uh, and you know. the more people are doing that, the better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, if I can do it to some extent, you know, then just let anybody can, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's think about discipline. And when I read the description, I thought, well, I, was, I was kind of surprised because I think of, well, discipline's applies to everything. And as we know, the rules of the road are all inter interrelated. But there's a focus definitely uh, to what is meant by discipline here. I will read what the text says. A project like ours will require enormous discipline. Through energy and determination, we will handle our resources with the stewardship they deserve. Mindful that this campaign is fueled by the gift of other people's time money, relationships, 
and reputations. Oh, it's all talking about, you know, where, where your the money's coming from. Uh, we mm -hmm. have to honor that. Right. And the, uh, taking it apart bit by bit here, it, it mentions that through energy and determination. I, I think of determination and I always think of determination, discipline go well together, right? But mm -hmm. I've never thought of energy and discipline going together. And why do you think that was included? Because energy means a conscious choice, right? That you're, you're directing energy and thought towards what you're doing. So it's just not a lackadaisical thing like, oh, you know, we have some money and we're going to take care of it. Wink, wink, wink. This is, no, we're actually going to put real energy and real thought and maybe real resources towards our stewardship of what you're being given. And I'm looking at that, and um, I think I saw that. I mean, you saw it in his um, in the FEC uh, filing that he was very careful with his money, and I admire that because I was a donor, and I know most people were, and a lot of people, you know, were pinching pennies to give money, and to see that he wasn't just furthering away and intentionally keeping control of that money, it was good. It made me feel good. And I know it made other, feel, other people feel good that um, he was respecting what we were giving him. And I think of the energy also as momentum. It's like keeping that momentum going and mm -hmm. feeling the momentum with, with energy. Yeah. Like, oh, here's some more money. Let's, this, this means we can do this. Like, yeah. oh, new ideas, more things, more ads, mm -hmm. more... more um, Campaign offices. Right, right. Um, and then it says we will handle our resources with the stewardship they deserve. And I love that stewardship. Um, it's, there's so much respect there mm -hmm. in, in, in that word stewardship. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's very respectful. And um, I think that we don't really talk about it very much, but I think that um, that Pete has, you know, he, we all know that he's deeply religious, and I think it mm -hmm. it harkens back to that. I mean, it it makes me think of the foundations of my childhood when I was learning things in Sunday school and church and things like that. That it was it's really about taking responsibility and um, ownership and. Um, stewardship is, is guidance and it's something solid and it's based off of um, knowing that you have responsibility towards not just the money but to the people who are giving it to you, I think. Yeah, and then it's less of like the, the candidates, like this is all about me, I'm running for president. It's more right. like, you know, there are people who support me, which means mm -hmm. that yeah, have a responsibility. I am doing it for them. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. doing it just for me. That, right. That's how I, I see it also. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm resenting them. And he was caretaker. Right. And always um, asking for, you know, trying to get more donors and more support. But what that translates to is uh, support of ideas and support for the candidate. Because mm -hmm. uh, without that, then, then it's like, well, are you viable? Nobody really wants you. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have to have, you have to have that, that side of it. You know, and you have to, well, you have to, stewardship means that you're respecting or, or taking care of things. And um, that way, more people are willing to 
give you more because you think that um, he'll take care of it and and not waste it. I mean, there were there were many people who were looking for my money, <laughs> and I oh, wasn't yes. giving it to everybody. You know, um, mm-hmm. and it was very much. Uh, did I trust people with it too? You know, so. Yeah, and the the campaign is fueled by the gift of other people's time, money, relationships, and reputations. And I love the fact that the word gift is used. You know, I mean, that's obviously, can you give a gift of something? But right. but just but that, that's also being so grateful, too. I, I, th- I think of it as um, reminding us or reminding the candidate and the campaign of, of being grateful for what's been donated. Um, yeah, that whole sentence really resonated with me. It was so different from what we usually hear. Um, because even in campaigns that I kind of frittered around and or flittered around, I guess, um, I just never felt like um, they thought of my time and my volunteering as being, um, they weren't, they were happy to see me, but it was never um, considered, it was almost like an obligation and not a gift. And seeing how grateful and how they recognize that my time and my money um, are things for me to give and they're valuable. I mean, time is, oh my gosh, valuable. And the very fact that uh, grassroots is based off of us taking time and our resources and going out and helping and spreading the word. I just really love the fact that he recognized that that was what it was. And um, I, I loved when he goes around and um, talks with the volunteers and thanks them, you know, truly deeply. Yes, it's genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so important to get that aspect of. Yeah, because of a lot of they just want our money and, and that's kind of all they want. And I love the fact that he's just, recognizing that we're giving more, you know, that this, this campaign is more, you know, the very fact that our grassroots organizations and the campaign is based off of uh, personal relationships and going out and um, reaching out to our personal network, which means that he's right. It's our relationships and our reputations that are on the line. Right. Yeah. And because I, I thought that was interested, interesting that those two were included, that a gift of relationships. Uh, yes. Like, like you're saying, like the gift that you're giving is that, uh, so like relational organizing, that we are going out and talking to people we know about it. So we're giving that gift of the relationship that we have with other people. Yeah. You know, and, and you not just spreading um, a meme or something, but actually going out. They're asking us to go out and talk with people that we've been kind of socialized to not talk about politics, to break that barrier mm-hmm. and be uncomfortable for him and mm-hmm. for his movement. And um, he's recognizing how hard it is and how unnatural as Americans it is <laughs> to do this. And it's valuable. You know, I mean, it's it's valuable that we're risking our relationship um, on his behalf. 
and reputations that, that the yeah. gift of other people's time, money, relationships, and reputation. Yeah. Um, do you think, do you, did you feel like, do you think the reputation is more like for a surrogate or somebody who's endorsing? I mean, you could think of your own reputation. Um, I, yeah, I think, well, reputations in, in general, I think, you know, he's ta- I guess he's talking about um, high level of surrogates who have more renown. But within your own social circle, you have a reputation. You know, you can be someone who is thoughtful and who has well-reasoned ideas and people think about them. You know, when you say, um, I'm going to go to this rally for in Virginia, we were doing ERA. Won't you join me? And this is why. Um, people actually listen um, if they respect you. <laughs> as someone who isn't a fruitcake, you know? Um, but if you have wasted all your time um, espousing people who everyone thinks are outside the norm or whatever, and then here I am all of a sudden promoting somebody that no one has ever heard of who um, is a mayor that is gay, first of all, in Virginia, you're like, you're risking a lot of, um, being listened to with your friends, you know, um, and you, you're putting yourself out there because you chose somebody who wasn't normal, um, in the political sense, you know, I mean, he's perfectly normal as a person, but in, as a politician running for president, he was a risk. And I think that he's recognizing the fact that people were putting their money and their relationships and reputation because you know, people would look at you and you're like, what do you, the 4th of July, people are looking at me and saying, this guy, he doesn't have a chance. What are you doing pushing him when we have Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden? And, um, you know, we thought you were um, a more rational person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they're saying to me, you know. Because, it's funny, I've never thought of it that way as far as your rep- reputation. And, yeah. you know, on the... Uh, of course, you wouldn't want anyone to think, oh, well, I'm not, you know, next time, next election comes around, I'm not listening to you. Well, right? you know, I, I can tell you right now that there's a bunch of people within our big, bigger social circle in Northern Virginia where we're more politically aware that um, we have friends that we have totally muted or don't listen to anymore about politics. And we used to talk about politics all the time with them. Um, but, you know, they went off the deep end on, um, you know, voting your conscience in 2016, and they have never, you know, like okay. anybody who voted for Jill Stein, you know, is pretty much mm-hmm. not. Oh, so so those Jill Stein voters, they uh, they gave their the gift of their reputation. Yeah, and they don't have <laughs> it anymore. You know, no one who's um, actively engaged in politics in our circle would ever listen to this, uh, these few people. Because we all remember what they did, you know. And so while we who are peace supporters are like, absolutely, you know, he's so amazing. He's so rational. He's so learned and educated. And, you know, he's just perfect uh, for this job at this moment. But for people who don't know him, who haven't listened to him, he, he was an outlier. And for me to talk about him like that, 
at my social gatherings that I hosted that mm-hmm. I was inviting people to my house, you know, to listen to this. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm sure most people didn't didn't think that, okay, I'm donating my time, my money, and my reputation, um, and all of my relationships, and it was all worth it. And it still is, you know, because if you're committed to a candidate, mm-hmm. that, that's I don't, a package deal. I don't right? regret what I did. But um, at the time, I was really nervous when I had 50 people at my house for 4th of July and I was talking about Pete all the time, you know, because <laughs> uh, I was fully aware of the risk that he was not, you know, well-known and, you know. And I, I love how this is part of the, the rules of the road, the, the acknowledgement that donors or people volunteering for the campaign are giving all of that yeah, in, they're, they're, in, in addition, that's humility on his part that he's just mm-hmm. not like expecting everyone to give him things. And yeah, give I me really money. You guys have extra money. Just give me some money. No, right. definitely not like that. It's a whole different way of thinking. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a totally different. It's it's um, humbleness on his part, right? And the fact that he uses being useful, he wants to be useful. I love that. That I respond very much to that kind of language. And yes. the fact that he just, like I said, the humility, he didn't expect me to go out there and work so hard for him and talk to everybody I knew about him. You know, he was grateful, but it wasn't like, of course, you're going you're to do it, you know? So, right. Nothing was assumed. Mm-hmm. Well, I would like to end with um, how can we connect those two rules of the road? I like to do that each time. And some some pairings are more difficult than others, but I think this this one's pretty easy. How are substance and discipline related? Hmm. Well, this the discipline was mostly about being a stewardship, a good the stewardship that uh, with the resources would um, imply that you've got with the substance then that 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 you owe it to your supporters and, and your donors to have some substance absolutely those those two absolutely go together because you can't have uh substance and, and discipline <laughs> you know you have to have you have to have the discipline to actually stick to the whole substance right mm-hmm. um and i don't know we just saw it and it was these the whole list of rules of the road were unique but yet they they went well together they were so uh resonating and i loved these two were really different for me because they weren't what you were expecting you know um in other campaigns you see respect for other people and Mm -hmm. um i don't know some other feel-good things but this is actually you know, substantial. These are diving into why you're doing what you're doing and how you're going to do it. And I really appreciate that uh, because we had talked about goal-oriented and this is very goal-oriented, you know, um, about how you're supposed to act and why you're doing it. Yeah, it was... I didn't even read all of the description at first because I thought, oh, this is where the, there was so much coming out at the time. And I, I just looked at the words, mm-hmm. you know, the not substance, discipline. I know what those mean. And, and it's only now that I'm really studying it. 
And I don't know how many other, uh, did you read all the descriptions at the time? You're, you're more task oriented, so you probably did. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did. And um, I was kind of floored because it was um, beautiful. The language he used, it wasn't um, what I would say um, as, a, as a project manager and task oriented. It would have been a lot different. The way I write is very matter of fact, not very um, uh, as flowery as what he's talking about. But yet what he was, he was giving you a list of how to act, but also there was this deep empathy to it. And there was, um, if I dare to say a lot of, um, it was very poetic, you know, the way he did it, it, it was, it resonated emotionally. So it wasn't just my intellect of, oh, okay, these are the tasks and this is how I'm supposed to do it. It was also deeply emotional. And I think that was the magic of the campaign as well, was that it was a lot of substance, which meant that um, he was delving into the policy and, and the hows and whys, but then he also had the deeply emotional part. And we know politics is really about personal relationships on whatever level and how um, you know people vote on emotion, you know, and this was deeply emotional. A lot of heart and soul. Yeah. That's very well said, Christy. I, I just don't know how I can improve on that at all. Uh, um, I'd like to thank you for visiting with me today and talking about this, doing our deep dive into right. substance and discipline. So interesting hearing what you have to say about it all. Well, thank you for I having hope, me. I know I'll be seeing you online. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we're still Team Pete forever. Hashtag Team Pete forever. And That's right. whenever, uh, That's we're, right. whenever we're needed, uh, we yeah. already know how to follow the rules of the road. So uh, we can immediately be of use. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yes. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to Twitter Travel's Rules of the Road. I hope it inspired you.